A foreword by the author. At long last, I have finally completed this manuscript. I can't help but let out a deep sigh of relief. Woo! That this diary now makes its debut is not without twists and turns. After a good initial start, it nearly didn't make it. This bride-to-be young maid has been hiding out for almost two years. It is only now that she, nearly turning into a fading beauty, gingerly and bashfully steps out to meet her future parents-in-law. But even at this moment, my mind is still vacillating. I still can't decide if I should have it printed. Many years from now, I'm afraid, I may be plagued with regret over the decision I made in a moment of weakness. The genesis of this diary came from my reading of Opening the Door to the Mind, Training on the Integrated Path to Enlightenment by Gyalwa Lodro Gyaltsen Palzang while I was staying in Shaman. At that time, I was free from administrative trivialities and had the leisure to read and savor very much this wonderful teaching. But to hoard such a Dharma feast selfishly runs against my sense and sensibilities. Why not select a few excellent passages daily from it and share them with others? It would not benefit only me, but also others. That is, one gets twice the results with half the effort. Why not go ahead with it? Thus, the rudimentary form of this diary started to take shape. Yet serendipitously, I was so much enthralled by opening the door to the mind that I could not resist translating it in whole, from beginning to end. Having finished that, I ran into an awkward situation as to what to do with the bulk entries in my diary. I tried to resolve the dilemma by making amendments to the latter, but never finished due to my limited vigor and also my indolence. I tried to talk myself into dealing with the issue. The purpose of my writing a diary is not for winning public applause or bouquets of flowers. Rather, it is for the reflection on my own conducts, thoughts, and everything I do, such that I could keep my efforts going and make progress. Why put so much emphasis on external perfections? What's more, as the adage says, Look for the old so as to learn the new. By reviewing the entries once more, there shouldn't be any harm but many benefits. Why worry and toil over changing the diary beyond recognition? Armed with these grandiose excuses of mine, I feel I am delivered from bondage. All of a sudden, I am relieved. Although calling a diary in the beginning, the entries of this book were not necessarily made on a daily basis. Sometimes I had to make up for a few days content because of stagnation of thoughts resulting from being overly busy. At other times my mind would be bubbling with ideas that rushed like pounding waves or the galloping of wild horses which could not be contained on the pages. My pen trying to keep up with the auspicious torrent of inspiration, would jot down in a flowing and bold style many days' entries in one stretch. 
In the early days of this work, rare leisure time allowed me to have an entirely free hand to finish many pieces at one go. Articles of a few hundred words amounted to nothing, which made me very confident and proud of myself. However, once back to the academy in the second half of the year, I was immediately ensnared by many heavy and trivial responsibilities. It became almost impossible for me to establish any clear thinking for even one diary entry amongst the complete mess. I can't even describe the frustrations over the feeling that my inspiration had dried up. It was like riding a tiger, and I found it hard to dismount. What's more, there was a leap month of October in that year, a realization that almost made me throw away my beloved pens, if not for the encouragement of many Dharma friends. Biting the bullet, I trudged on but I felt like a roving spirit at the end of his rope, who was being chased by creditors, running here and there trying to hide, with no way to unload the heavy debts piling up day after day. I was just too exhausted to deal with it, and so had to leave it halfway done. Yet as someone with a strong affinity for writing, I managed to fabricate an excuse to get out of this embarrassing situation. At some point in the future, when not too busy in the second half of a year, I would catch up with the unfinished part of my diary. I even thought of a perfect name for my diary to come. 365 days out of 730 days. But in truth, finding a not too busy half year in the rest of my life was almost out of the question. So it went the same way with my wish. This draft of an incomplete diary ended up at the bottom of my bookshelf, sinking into deep sleep for nearly two years. Then on a bitterly cold winter day, January 7th, 2004, the master of the three worlds, the protector of all beings and our most beloved, his Holiness Jigma Funtsok Rinpoche left this world. Totally caught off guard by his sudden departure, every student was stricken with utter sorrow, grieving even more than when losing one's own relatives. My frail body collapsed at this heavy blow, almost unable to recover. My heart ached, whipped again and again by the sense of totally losing support. Way after the cremation ceremony, I could find nothing to fill my hollow and blank heart. Our teacher chooses to show us what impermanence is by this stark reality, which will be forever engraved in our bones and hearts. I was shaken and made keenly aware of the impermanence of all phenomena as never before. Wait no more! This calling started ringing in my ear, tapping at my heart that had almost gone numb. It dawned on me that I could not keep on making long-term plans and waiting one of these days to complete the diary. Retrieving the dust-covered draft and flipping through the pages, I was absent-minded until I caught sight of teachings from our revered teacher in it. How lucky that I had written them down 
and how precious these entries seemed now that our teacher had left us. If I could make the diary available soon, wouldn't it help many of us to struggle through this chilly and dark period? Thus, without much fanfare, I made simple edits to my words and sent it off on the road hurriedly, incomplete as it was in many aspects. What is the fate awaiting this diary? I could not but worry about its future. Assessed from the viewpoint of language, this humble little diary is nothing when lined up with the work of numerous professional writers in the world. As to the command of Chinese phraseology, I cannot compare with even an ordinary hand Chinese, let alone with those of great masters with whom I could only be left in the dust. This diary, on all accounts, can only be qualified as a faithful recorder which takes glimpse after glimpse into the adventures of my mind. It faithfully reflects the thinking process, the everyday life, the perceptions, the daily encounters with the world and its people of an ordinary Buddhist. Lacking any unprecedented idea, profound or complicated theory or shocking proclamation, this diary can only be likened to a plain musical movement. Spontaneously assembled from a few fragmentary pieces, it nonetheless plays out the vicissitudes, bit by bit, of my life throughout the year. Leaving marks on life's vast desert plain, it is like the footprint that traces the actual passages of my time. You may find in this diary besides being commonplace, or merely echoing others' statements, some of my judgmental views and criticisms of others. They contrast glaringly to my own advices to others, for example, to not become too distracted by the outer world, and to not get involved in sectarianism, turning only inward to the mind, and so on. What's more, I also observed the overusage of aggressive statements and insufficiency in exposing my own faults. Some of the quotes or teachings, my favorites, that I recommend with enthusiasm may not even strike a chord in others. It's hard to say. For each practitioner, various experiences may arise while walking on the Dharma path. Some prefer to keep such experiences to themselves. Their silence provides me with the exact opportunity to show off. Unwilling to be neglected, I'm here prattling like a lemon salesman, extolling the sweetness of my fruit. In Compendium of Trainings, it says, In the bark of sugarcane, there's no sweetness, no matter how one chooses it. Should one teach Dharma without going through deep meditation, he is just like the bark of a sugar cane. And it's a fault to babble like an entertainer giving a show. It does not provide any service as you might have imagined. You may actually diminish your own merit. Here I, the entertainer, ignoring advice and overrating myself, am presenting the lazy ladies wrap, or sugarcane bark of mine as an offering. 
Nonetheless, I do know my limitations. If you ask me to make recommendations about my own work, no doubt the translations from Tibetan to Chinese on the words of my perfect teacher and the Bodhisattva's way of life are at the top of the list. But how can the discursive thoughts of an ordinary being be compared to the wisdom of the supreme beings? So, if this diary does not interest you at all, please do not hesitate to pigeonhole it and forget about it. I really don't want to take on the blame of wasting others' time. On the other hand, should you like to read something leisurely during breaks of your practice, leafing through the pages of this diary may be more meaningful than spending time on throngs of worldly entertainment suffused with desire, hatred, and bewilderment. Fortuitously, this little book may arouse in you or those around you respect for the three jewels or compassion for sentient beings. Should this ever happen, even just for an instant, I think all my painstaking efforts would not have been in vain. Here I am making these silent prayers. Manifested as a beam of light this diary may be, the wild wish for it to match the brilliance of the sun or the moon I do not have. Only like an inconspicuous little star in one moonless dark night May its feeble light shine in the gloomy darkness. Manifested as coolness this diary may be, the wild wish for it to sweep away summer heat as the autumn gale I do not have. Only, like a nameless little tree on a sweltering hot day, may its shade provide cool shelter for beings tormented by heat. Manifested as a medicine this diary may be, the wild wish for it to be a panacea curing all diseases I do not have. Only like a soothing palliative for the jittery and the restless, may it offer peace and comfort during a time of feeling distraught. O wild geese high in the sky, flying back north in spring, could you please tell me, will my wishes ever come true? I dedicate this book to all my Dharma friends who, like me, will forever remember our most revered teacher, Kenpo Sodargya. Written with reverence at La Rungar Buddhist Academy on the birthday of His Holiness Jigme Funtsok Rinpoche, January 3rd, Year of Jashin, 1999.